Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Margie Bissinger. She runs a podcast called the Happy Bones, Happy Life Podcast. So she is an expert pretty much on bone health as it relates to osteoporosis and other issues. And she also is an expert on happiness. So today we're going to focus on bone health. So Margie, thanks for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, tell me, how did you start thinking about bones? Why do you care? Like what led you to this area? Well, it's interesting because I'm a physical therapist and way back, and my expertise really was in orthopedic physical therapy. And quite a while ago, I was asked by, I had a private practice and I was asked by a group of doctors if I'd see their osteoporosis patients. And this was before they even had medicine, before Bosomax and these different medicines were even available. And so when I, you know, to give them exercises and see what I could, could help them with, and I couldn't believe what I saw. People who were well-meaning and wanted to help themselves were doing exercises that were actually increasing their risk of fractures. And I realized that they didn't know where to turn. The doctor would say, oh, just do exercise. But what what was that? People didn't know that could mean so many things. So I just got right into it and said, you know what? This area needs help. I live in New Jersey. So I became very involved on the state level with all the osteoporosis programs. We have a interagency council. And then nationally, I wrote a book on osteoporosis exercise. So I got really involved with the exercise component and really trying to teach safe exercise and how important that is. And then what happened was that, long story short, I have a son who ended up getting type 1 diabetes. And I saw how food impacted his life so much. And I realized that was a missing ingredient. And so I went back, became studied nutrition, became a health coach and added that piece as well to what I do. And so I've been seeing that there's so much that can be done. And that's what's really exciting, but not everybody knows about it because, you know, a lot of people are just seeing their doctor and, and yeah. going on medication. So the good news is there's a tremendous amount that can be done. So that's how I got cool. into it. Yeah. All right. So tell me about osteoporosis. I mean, from what I understand, standard medicine seems to say, oh, as you get older, you know, your bones lose density. And if it gets to a certain point, then they can become brittle and you're subject to fractures from falling, et cetera. Is that necessarily true? Or is it, is nutrition well, driving that? Is what, what drives that? You know, that's such a good question because there's so many root causes. And yes, the definition of osteoporosis is porous bones, but there's two components to that. There's bone density, which is what shows up on the decks or the bone density test, but there's also the quality of the bone, which can really make a difference if you fracture or not. You know, two bones with the same bone density can be very different. And there is something that measures it now called a trabecular bone score, TBS, but it's not, it's not widely used at the present time. But anyway, so yes, it's right in the fact that you are losing the quality and the density of the bone and you're more prone to fracture, but there's so many reasons and so many causes. And I think oftentimes, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just old age or because 
the hormones, women after menopause lose more bone. So I think it's very, very important that people figure out their root cause. And there's many times there's numerous ones, but oftentimes it's overlooked and it's more, okay, you've lost bone, let's put you on medication. And I find that, you know, once that the root cause is very important to figure out because, you know, let's say someone has digestive issues. I I see that all the time. You really need to address that. All right. So what constitutes a healthy bone? Is it its ability to bear weight? Is it density? Is it porosity? Like what what are the aspects of bones that you'll see in a younger, healthy person versus an older, frail person? Right. So there's two components of this, the density, you know, how dense and strong is the bone, but also the quality. So there's cross links, you know, the collagen and the cross links of the fibers. And that's what, you know, it's sort of like weaves, you know, the architecture of the bone. So you want that to be really strong. So it's that those two components and oftentimes the diet, you know, there's like a matrix and that's composed of protein, vitamin C, collagen, all of that composes. So, you know, you can have a bone that isn't as dense, but it's flexible. So it's not going to fracture. So there's two components of that. But yes, so there's a lot of things that make it, you know, healthy in in terms of, and the good news is that what we do when we're young, this is what's so important, affects our bones later on. You know, a lot of people think, oh, osteoporosis, I don't have to worry about it until I'm older. But that's so far from the truth because we develop our bones when we're younger. You know, 85 to 90% of our bone density in women, they develop by the age of 18 and men by the age of 20. So what we do younger determines, it's like a ball that, you know, what bone we're going to have later on. So the more we can build and, you know, early in life and throughout our life, it's sort of like a bank that later on, if we do lose some, which does happen, we can pull from it. So it's, you know, it's interesting. There was one statistic that said an increase in bone mass in childhood of 10% can delay the development of osteoporosis by 13 years. So it's just so important that our kids and every, you know, it's just not, it's not like heart disease where everybody thinks about doing prevention. We, most people just don't think about it, but if kids were just to do jumping and activity and eat well, they could make a huge difference in their bones for later on. And then we can really prevent osteoporosis. So what can people do to uh, bolster their bones? You know, they get brittle. I think exercise is huge. And I think what causes, you know, bones respond to the forces placed upon them. So what they found is two different types of exercise, you know, high impact. So kids jumping, you know, just doing jumping, getting forces through the bones. So it responds to you know, any type of resistance, anything, you know, like when you're contracting a muscle, it's tugging on the bone and like, hey, we need more bone here. So I think, you know, younger, you know, kids just being active, jumping, running, doing things is going to make a huge difference versus sedentary individuals. So I think exercise is huge. And at all ages, at all ages, you know, premenopausal women, everybody jump, do things that, that load the bones as well as resistance exercises. You know, so often people just don't do strength training or they think, oh, I'll just walk. But that strength training, even twice a week has been shown to improve bone density. So I think, I think exercise, you know, and making the strength training and resistance, you know, not just a low impact type of exercise, as well as balance so that you don't fall. You know, also just you want your balance to be great. As we age, we lose our balance. But if we practice that, we don't have to. 
And then the nutrition, you know, just having the nutrients to create strong bones throughout life and making sure we don't have any digestive issues that would be blocking absorption or, or inflammation as well. Well, what does chronic inflammation do to your bones and what, what is observed when you have it? over yeah. 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, that's what's interesting. You know, it's not something that people think about. Oh, do I have chronic inflammation? But the inflammation, there's a whole new field of study called immunology and bones. And they found that when people have inflammation, that it, it really has a big impact on the bones. And then two of the markers that we see are homocysteine and C-reactive protein, like if those are elevated, they found that that can, you know, that can actually, the homocysteine has actually been linked to increased bone fractures. And then the other thing what happens is that if you can actually get like an autoimmune attack, also if there's any inflammation in that sense, that can, you know, just attack the bones. And they, oh, the field's called osteoimmunology. And it's just a connection between your immune system and bone tissue. So just like if there's autoimmune attack or inflammation can attack the heart, it can attack all sorts of areas, it can also affect the bones. And so I've seen this with, interesting enough, with gluten. And, you know, some people who have autoimmune issues that gluten may be one of the triggers when they stop the gluten it was amazing how their bone density has improved as well as, you know, other symptoms, like whether it's causing arthritis and different things. So inflammation in general, you know, you need to put out the fire because there really is a relationship between osteoporosis and as well as so many other things, but it's not something that's typically thought about. So first of all, how do you monitor your bone health and bone density? Does it go get an expensive scan? And um, they're not, they're not that expensive. Typically there's a DEXA test. And with that, and most, right, the sad thing about that is a lot of times, unless there's risk factors, people don't get that until they're, you know, 65. But if someone has a risk factor, they usually get it, you know, when they start menopause. And so you can see, you know, what that does is that compares you to a, you know, to a younger person, your T-score to a 30-year-old, which is your, your bone density compared to a 30-year-old's bone density. And they do standard deviations away from that and you get a score. And it's purely that score. As I said before, all that measures is the density. So it gives you one parameter, but there's so many others. But that's, that's the gold standard test. As I said, there is something called the trabecular bone scoring, which is relatively new and not widespread, but it's software that they can add to that, which I think is great because it also tells you the quality of the bone. So not only is it how strong it is, but how interconnected you know, the collagen is and how likely it would be to break, you know, to fracture. So I think the two together help. And, and then there's other tests you can do. There's tests on bone resorption called the NTX, CTX. I don't know how detailed you want to get, but they can see, are you actively losing bone? So there's some other tests that, that can measure what's going on, but those are typically, it's the bone density where they see what's been, what's, what's happening. Well, how would someone even know that they have a problem? What would they experience that would tell them, you know, besides breaking a bone, what would tell them that they're in trouble? You know, that's such a great question because it's a sil it's silent. You don't know you have osteoporosis, so they would really have no idea. Typically, you don't have pain. You don't have it. It's so different than other things where you have symptoms. And so 
so right that typically they'll have a fracture and all of a sudden then they'll get the scan and then they see so usually they don't know they get a bone density and then they're like oh my goodness you know this is where you're at so typically unless they get a bone density they don't know but certain people if they've been on steroids or certain people are more at risk if they have a family history so they may be getting you know they they want to get tested earlier so that they have an idea or if they fractured you know had a lot of fractures They'll, they'll get a bone density because typically if you've one fracture, you're much more likely to get another. But you're right. People have no idea until they get tested. So what's, what are they being told traditionally? You know, if someone has a fracture where they're being told they, to get a test, they get the test. What are they told then typically? Oh, typically what happens to the typical treatment is depending on your bone density, doctors will make sure that you have, you know, they'll tell you calcium. And this is traditional conventional medicine, vitamin D and exercise. The doctors definitely tell them exercise. And depending who the doctor is, maybe they'll send them to a physical therapist, you know, which would be fabulous to really get them on a good exercise program. And then they'll probably, depending on the number, will put them on a medication. They may do more testing, you know, depending who the doctor is. But the typical basics is you go on a medication and you'll get calcium vitamin D and exercise. And so what's missing there is number one, unless it's a functional medicine doctor, you know, that's a whole different story. They will look at root cause or the naturopath. They will look at the root cause. And and I think the traditional doctors will look for some root causes as well. But I, I think what I see is that people are going on too much calcium. You know, in the calcium situation, more is not better. And so they may be getting calcium in their diet. And then the doctor will say, you know, maybe go on a thousand milligrams. So they're getting too much calcium. That's what I typically see. People are taking, you know, thousand or 1200 milligrams of supplements, plus they're getting it in their diet. And this is where this, you know, there's been some research, nothing conclusive, but that they're too much calcium can cause cardiac complications, kidney stones. So we certainly don't want that. And even the National Osteoporosis Foundation says, you know, get it from food as much as you can and only supplement if you don't need it. But the problem also, and vitamin D is very important. They do a calcium score on people's hearts to see the buildup of it. So yeah, I could see if you take too much supplementation of calcium, then maybe it'll deposit in your heart and accelerate that process, which is bad. Right, exactly. The thing is, I think the two things, I mean, there's a lot of nutrients needed, but I think the two that are not commonly given to people that I think are absolutely essential are magnesium. You know, magnesium magnesium is important for calcium absorption. And the other one is vitamin K2. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Because vitamin K2 will actually take that calcium and put it into the bones and sweep it out of the soft tissues. So I think that's essential. If people are on vitamin D, they're on calcium, they, they must have the vitamin K2. And that's and they've done studies on that showing that supplementation decreases bone loss, it improves bone strength, and even decreases the thoracic spine vertebral height. So, you know, it's even decreased the loss of that. So it's, I think it's something that I think over time it's getting better, but it's not something that's typically that your doctor will put you on where they'll definitely make sure you're on calcium and vitamin D. Okay. So if someone has osteoporosis, I know they, obviously they have to go to a doctor, but 
will any doctors recommend light weight training or walking and supplementation? Like typically, is it just like go take calcium, have a nice day, or like what what are the recommendations that you think are? Oh, the holistic. I mean, I think most doctors will tell people to exercise, and I do feel a lot of times they will send and and physical therapy is covered. So anybody listening. It's so wonderful to go to a physical therapist because they'll look at you and really design a custom program that will be appropriate for you because it's not one size fits all. And if you have structural problems, the doctors will do the exercise and it depends on the doctor. They'll do calcium, vitamin D, and maybe they might you know, recommend medication or they might send you for more workup to an endocrinologist or rheumatologist, you know, or rheumatologist. So they may send you for further workup. A functional medicine doctor, they will actually look at the root causes and try to see, do you have digestive issue? Is there chronic inflammation? You know, what actually, another thing that they do check is your parathyroid hormone, because some people could have a tumor actually, which I've seen several times. And if you have too much parathyroid, that's going to actually cause bone loss. So I, I think all doctors look at certain risk factors like that. But, but the functional medicine doctor will really try to see also sex hormones and estrogen. You know, really try to see what's going on as well as stress. Stress is huge. You know, the cortisol, the stress hormone actually reduces the activity of the osteoblasts, the bone building cells. So people come to me all the time and they're like, are they doing the right exercises? Are they eating the right foods? But are they taking the right stuff? But they don't realize that the stress and the people are very stressed out, you know, that that stress and the cortisol is is a risk factor and can affect the bones as well. So I think that's something that the good news is that's a wonderful thing to improve. And as you know, your whole life will improve and everything gets better when you do these practices. So, but it helps the bones as well. So do you have a personal story, a bone story, people in your family? Like what's your personal experience? Yeah. So I got very involved with it because of that, because I started, you know, very, I mean, I've been doing this over 25 years. And so I was just very upset that people were doing the wrong things. And I guess, let me tell people so they understand what, what was so dangerous that people were doing. And so uh, my personal story was that I just started seeing one person after another, well-meaning, not having any idea what to do. And my second thought was, my second thing I saw was that people had other issues going on and it just manifested in their bones, but they needed to deal with other things as well. And that was being overlooked. So I sort of thought osteoporosis was an opportunity instead of being, oh no, I'm going to, you know, the rest of my life is ruined. I'm going to not be able to enjoy life and do things and be active. It was sort of an opportunity to see, you know, it's something's not right. But when they did all the things to improve their bones, their life was so much better. They were exercising, they ate healthier, they reduced their stress. So I just have seen over the years, person after a person who had so many improvements in their life. And that, that's why I'm so passionate because I don't think going on the, you know, I, I just, you know, I see the typical treatment is that they're missing so much. So that's why I just want to educate people and help people as much as I can to do everything they can to have strong bones because 
you can live a phenomenal life. I have people who I've seen, you know, in their late 80s doing amazing. So I think that's that's the reason. It's not really a personal story. I've improved my bones as well by doing certain things. So I think I've, you know, and friends of mine and relatives and, but it's not a personal story that got me into it. It's just, I started working with all these people and realizing that there's so much we can do that's not being taught really in traditional. And it's not that they don't, they're, they don't care. Of course they care. It's just that I don't think they realize it's not something that that's in their nutrition is not something that is typically taught or that it's the first thing that they're going to work with people on well you said that you know i don't i don't think i really feel my bones right uh, so i don't know if they're in trouble or not but when you help people and their bone density improves and all that i mean do they feel any like how do they know that they're doing better bone wise what do they feel what do they say so the interesting thing is is that their bone density they they get tested you know every two years they get at least they get tested their bone density so number one they can see if it's getting better if it's getting worse so they have you know it's a marker you get tested on a regular basis so that's where the bone density is so good because you really can see what's going on so they so right they don't feel but what happens is posture is really really important and one of the things that causes, there was a study done at the Mayo Clinic back, back in the 80s, actually, where they showed that when people did forward bending or rounding exercises, they actually increased their fracture risk. And so that was something that people didn't know. And so that's one of the contraindications, you know, people doing sit-ups or toe touches, you can actually, because it's the front of the vertebrae, the front of the spine, that's called where the compression and fractures are occurring. So when people were doing the rounding positions, they were significantly increasing their fracture risk. And they studied that. Well, well while they were doing the exercise, you mean, or just in general? They did a study at, at the Mayo Clinic, and it was over a, a one to six year period of time looking at fractures in people who had osteoporosis, doing different exercises. So they looked at people who were doing extension, which is going backwards, like strengthening their back muscles. And they had a 16% fracture rate. People doing, those were people only doing extension. People doing forward bending, rounding, called flexion exercises, had an 89% fracture rate. So that was unbelievable. The combination had a 53 and the control group had a 67%. So they will never repeat that study because they can't ask people to do that. So the big takeaway is if someone has established, has osteoporosis, they really shouldn't do any rounding, any bending forward. Not to say they can't do exercise. They just bend from the hips and knees and not from the waist. So it's just doing exercises without rounding out your back. You can do everything. It's just a matter of modifications. So I think that that was so important for people. So their posture is extremely important. Same thing. You don't want to be in a rounded posture. So back to your original question, people, when your posture is better, you feel so much better. You have more energy. Your muscles aren't working that hard. So I think people, A, their posture gets better. B, their strength gets better. You know, a lot of people don't do strength training, but when they incorporate a strength training program, they feel powerful. They can lift things. They can do things. They're so much more independent. 
And it's amazing as you age and you're doing strength training, it's night and day for people who were sort of couch potatoes. And a lot of people I see were couch potatoes, but because they got the osteoporosis, the silver lining was they had to strengthen their bones. So they feel so much stronger and they feel so much better. Their posture is better. And then I think when, whenever you improve your diet and get rid of inflammatory foods and start, you know, having a nutrient dense food, everything gets better. You know, people who had eczema or people who had digestive issues, all of those things start resolving as well. So even though they don't feel their bones per se, and they only see that on, you know, the bone density in general, they feel almost that this, you know, as I said, there was a silver lining because so many other things got better. Well, how does uh, arthritis into play with bone health? You know, have you worked with people that not only they have osteoporosis, but arthritis? Really, they're very different entities. You know, osteoporosis is porous bone. You're losing bone. Where arthritis is inflammation of the joints. You know, it's called osteoarthritis. And so the interesting part, though, is both can be from inflammation. And so what I've seen, many people, I have seen that. And again, I see with food. And the gluten is a big one. And they don't have to have celiac. It can be just be you know, non-celiac gluten sent people who are sensitive to gluten, but I've seen this in numerous patients where they have arthritis and they have osteoporosis. So they have both. It doesn't one doesn't cause the other unless it's rheumatoid arthritis, which isn't can be autoimmune and inflammatory. And then it can, you know, the two sort of can go together. But when they've gotten off the gluten or gotten off the inflammatory food, their arthritis Got, you know, got better as well. Their pain disappeared. So it's really interesting when you calm inflammation, wherever it may be, that other areas can get better. So I've seen that many times when people, or, you know, some people, sugar, dairy, soy, whatever might be inflammatory to them, it could be affecting their joints. So it's been interesting to see that the arthritis oftentimes does get better, even though it really has nothing to do with the osteoporosis per se. But I've seen, you know, when, when you get to the root cause, that as well as, you know, I've seen eczema also, that's another one that a lot of people just say they have it. You know, people think they have to live with things. That's what's so interesting. You know, oh yeah, of course I have to live with neck pain, back pain, you know, shoulder pain, but it, it, you know, I guess people just, or digestion, you know, oh yeah, sure. I'm constipated. I go every three days, but that's just the way my whole family is. You know, the good news is it doesn't have to be that way. What should someone do if they are worried that they're likely to have a fracture? You know, if they're older and they're listening to this podcast, like what are the first steps they can take to figure out where they're at and then what to do about it? Well, I think the bone density is really, really important. I think that's step one. I mean, if your bone density is good, you know, then you're, then chances are you, you know, that's, that's a good, and they have something where they, it's called the FRAX test where they, where they put your bone density with all these other factors. Do you have risk factors? So I think, you know, getting the bone density and just seeing your doctor and doing and checking it, getting it evaluated. Number one, if you have a family history, you know, get it evaluated early on, or if you have you know, some of the risk factors for osteoporosis, you know, if you're on steroids or there's certain medications and typically most doctors will, will, will do that. We'll make sure that you get the bone density. So that's just step one. And then from there, I would say, you know, if someone has it, talk to your doctor and, you know, I'm very big into functional medicine, see the root cause, see a physical therapist. So you're on the right exercise program. 
and also that you're, you know, you're eating the right food, but even preventative, even if you don't have it, I think everybody should be on resist, you know, being doing strength training, balance training, and should posture exercises, you know, things so that you don't have a problem in weight bearing. So I think everybody, no matter what, should be doing those things just as prevention so that you have strong bones throughout life. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. And in terms of posture exercises, I've I've done those like Egoscue, uh, like Feldenkrais, you know, those kinds of things. And they, okay. they work, they help. You feel like a lot straighter and you feel like you walk like royalty. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I, ha- I have, if I can give a gift to everybody, I have, I did a, I did a program called Two Weeks to Better Posture with seven posture videos and one Qigong that's good for posture. And just, I, I actually took videos of me doing certain things that people could do throughout the day. So I could give the link to that for everybody, you know, so that they could have those exercises to. Yeah, that'd be great. Sure. It's because it's so important. It's especially now with everybody sitting and, you know, just stopping and doing these exercises is, is really amazing. And they're so, so easy. It's just a matter of, you know, because so often when we're at the computer and we're rounded, our back muscles get stretched and weakened. And it just is a negative spiral. But by just doing some really simple things, you can feel so much better. Yeah, so it's, it's great. I do a lot of work with the state of New Jersey and I oversee their osteoporosis programs and they have an exercise program that's really, that's free to the called project healthy bones. And I, I actually initiated a posture program in this, the same exercises that are in here. And it's amazing when I see these people there, you know, they could be in their late eighties and they're looking, they're doing great. So it, it works and it's really simple and it, you know, why, why should anyone be bent over? You don't have to be. There's, there's good, there's things you can do. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, very good. Margie, where can people find you? I mean, where do they go for your podcast and where can they find you know, all the resources you have? Sure, sure. So my website is just margiebissinger.com. And then my podcast is on all the podcasts. It's called Happy Bones, Happy Life is my mm. podcast. And then I have a Happy Bones, Happy Life osteoporosis program. It's a six week online program where we go into in detail, you know, what to eat, what to do, root causes, exercises, stress, happiness. So yeah, that's the other thing I found that there's studies showing, believe it or not, that increased happiness and life satisfaction is correlated with improved bone density. So I think it's important. I teach happiness training as well as stress reduction as part of the program, because it's all those factors. And so yeah, so those are the best places. My website and the podcast is on the website, but all the podcasts, you know, Apple Podcasts, every just happy bones, happy life. Yeah. All right, great. Well, Margie, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it as well. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.